everyone, I'm Brandon Odo. And I'm Brian Bowling. And this is Critical Care Scenarios, the podcast where we use clinical cases, narrative storytelling, and expert guests to unpack how critical care is practiced in the real world. Hey everyone, welcome back. It is Brandon. I want to talk today about vasopressors and how you select them. We have a, a reasonable number of drugs these days in our armamentarium that we can use to treat shock, and most of these will be for distributive shock, although some will support the heart to greater or lesser extents. But, you know, you will learn these, and people will draw a chart telling you that these ones have uh, more binding on these receptors or those receptors or have particular uh, adverse effects or whatever. But you're still kind of left with the question of uh, what do you choose and when do you use it just on a practical basis. So there's no right answer to this, but I'm going to give you a answer, an approach that you can use or take apart and do what you want with. The starting point in the majority of cases, and this is going to sound a little simplistic, but if you never get past this, honestly, you could do pretty well. Just use norepinephrine for most things. There are very few cases when this drug will be the wrong choice. There might be certain cases when there can be a a more optimal choice or more realistically, uh, a more elegant choice, but it's rarely wrong. Uh, This has mainly a vasoconstrictive effect, but it does uh, have some alpha agonisms. So many people view it as a, a sort of balanced presser. In other words, if you need to vasoconstrict someone, you might think what you want is pure alpha, but that's increasing the afterload on the heart. And therefore, it actually may have the effect, kind of paradoxically, of decreasing your cardiac output. So what you kind of want if you want a vasoconstrict is something that primarily does that, but gives a little bit of beta-1 agonism. So you help the heart squeeze against the afterload you're offering it. And probably this is what norepinephrine does. So it's clearly the first line for sepsis, and for most just non-discriminant shock, it's a good option. Uh, downsides, well, if you already have too much activity from the heart, for instance, arrhythmias, maybe it can contribute to that. And people often view it as not one of the safest drugs if you're going to run it through peripheral IVs and it extravasates. Now, there's real questions about that. And in many cases, probably the majority of these agents can be run peripherally if you have a safe approach to it and a good protocol. Um, That is kind of an institutional thing. But For many of us, if you're going to run it for very long, um, we would prefer a central line or maybe a different drug. Next up, you have phenylephrine. And this one is is kind of the odd one out. Many of us will throw it on as a second-line presser if you are, quote, maxed out on norepinephrine and you just need more vasoconstriction. Uh, Maybe if you really truly just need pure alpha, and maybe specifically you don't want any beta, and the most common situation would be somebody who's already having a lot of tachycardia and tachyarrhythmias, maybe they're in AFib with RVR or whatever, and you just don't want to poke the heart at all, sure, maybe it's a reasonable choice. It does have that issue that you have to wonder if the heart is going to be able to keep up with that afterload. It also has the issue that it's just not a particularly potent vasoconstrictor. So you could end up on on quite a lot of it and maybe not still be where you're at. It has the issue that I don't really know what it means to max out on a catecholamine. So the maximum dose you have for, let's say, norepinephrine 
by and large, is going to be something you made up. It's going to be something your unit decided on by saying, well, beyond this, we're, we're sort of not comfortable with people blindly titrating to that point. And that's reasonable. You should have a sort of soft limit. Uh, but beyond that, is the patient not going to benefit from a higher dose or are they going to be harmed by it? There may be those levels, but I, I think they're patient specific. So if you hit whatever your limit is in your unit, a norepinephrine, and you think this is really just the vasodilation from sepsis or something, maybe the right choice is just to go past that limit. Kind of use your judgment as a clinician and say, we're going to go higher and realize that whatever that limit is, is probably kind of made up. I've been in ICUs where the limit runs on weight-based dosing anywhere from uh, 0.2, maybe 0.3 of uh, norepinephrine per kilogram per minute, all the way to 10 times that, well over 1.0, 2, 3. A lot of it depends on your population, what you think you're treating. And again, the main concern is just blindly going up without realizing that you're missing another cause. The reason this patient is, is vasopressor resistant is not because you haven't given them enough. It's because they actually are hypovolemic or they have tamponade or something else. You really should think about those things when you're hitting kind of soft limits, whether they're based on your dosing or just some cutoff you have in your head. But if you don't think there's anything else, maybe just go higher. So is adding phenylephrine because you're quote maxed on norepinephrine a reasonable thing to do? I'm not going to die on that hill, but I don't think it makes much more sense than using more norepinephrine if there's no contraindication for it. You will also see phenylephrine not infrequently uh, premixed in little push-dose syringes that you can use for hypotension in the setting of intubation or sedation or something like that. Um, you will see premixed epinephrine as well, uh, not as commonly. Not usually norepinephrine, although many of these things you could mix on the spot if you were so inclined. But Okay, what about vasopressin? Now we're getting out of the realm of catecholamines, a whole different receptor here, and I think this is more reasonably something you could use to add on to a primarily catecholamine-based regimen. Say you're getting up to higher doses of norepinephrine. You're wondering if using a different pathway would make sense. Vasopressin is not a bad idea. There is some kind of scattered evidence that it may have some particular benefit in certain patient populations. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that here because it's a little complicated and not really clear yet. But it's enough so that it is reasonable to throw on. Um, maybe even if it's just to reduce the dose of your other pressors. Um, you may have a response, you may not, but I'll consider it if I'm getting up in my dose of norepinephrine, and certainly if you're already on maybe a couple of vasopressors. Probably not something you want to extravasate, so again, getting more into that realm of preferring central access, and not so much a push-dose thing, although we used to do that in cardiac arrest. I'll usually add this on after we hit a certain dose of pressors, and I'll usually leave it on until we wean pretty low on those. Some people will take it off after a couple days, feeling like they've sort of fully repleted the, the body's supply of this drug. This is all kind of uh, voodoo, but I think it's reasonable to throw in there as special sauce. As far as vasopressors, we're kind of running out of room here. I I'll almost never use dopamine and certainly wouldn't use it just to throw on another vasopressor. If you're talking about more of an inotrope, then, you know, maybe, but in my choice, probably not. Some of the older school cardiologists and people still like it. If I just want an inotrope, 
more along the lines of an inodilator, really someone who's got a reasonable blood pressure, but they need more contractility. Um, I may go to dobutamine or milrinone uh, if it's more of a right-sided problem. If they are more in a generalized shock state, I'll go to epinephrine, and that's mostly what I'll use epi for. It's when you need more of a pure inotrope. And if I'm using it for that, I'll use lower doses. You know, 0.01 up to maybe 0.1 or thereabouts. And I'll usually fix that dose in the order so that it's for metatitrate to targets like echocardiography or clinical signs of shock, um, not for the nurses to titrate something like a blood pressure because that's not really how I'm using it. Once you start cranking up the dose beyond this, it's kind of acting more as a pure vasopressor. And again, we have to ask the question, does that make more sense than just using more of something like norepinephrine? I don't think it's wrong to do, but I don't think it necessarily makes sense either. What else do you have? There is Giapreza, um, still brand name because it's still the only one, uh, just an angiotensin uh, analog. Again, we have the benefit here that we're working on a different pathway, so it makes some sense to try if you get to that point, but still very, very expensive. Um, yes, there is some evidence that it does something, but not clear evidence that it's uh, kind of improving outcomes above and beyond other agents. So a lot of this depends on if you even have it available. My current institution does. We use it infrequently, and I think that's reasonable because not that many patients need it. You would have to, I think, prove that you are approaching more of a, a true maximum on your catecholamines. And probably what that would mean is either you have intractable side effects or they're just not responding anymore. You actually have kind of maxed out those receptors and it's not working and you want to try a different agent. And then, yes, I think it is reasonable to try it and at least see if they respond. What else? Beyond this point, you're mostly talking about adjuncts. Um, if you're getting up to reasonable doses, even of just one presser, certainly if you've gone to a couple, I would consider adding stress dose steroids. You want to make sure things like calcium are adequate. Used to be, I would consider IV vitamin C and maybe thiamine and so on. Um, now that kind of palmeric protocol, I think, has mostly gone away unless somebody comes up with some very surprising new evidence. And again, along the way, as you titrate, definitely doing a lot of things like echocardiography and checking for other problems to make sure you're not missing something and to make sure that you are truly just treating a higher requirement for your vasoconstrictors. You don't want to be the guy who blindly titrated up to high doses of five pressors because you didn't notice the patient was in cardiogenic shock, or they had a PE, or they were bleeding, or whatever. Your job is to rule these things out as you add on agents and let the nurses turn up your drugs. Anything else you might think of is getting into pretty niche circumstances. I don't routinely use things like methylene blue, obviously particular tox cases and so on. You might have to think about specific reversals, but this is kind of a general approach for the typical patient in shock who needs pressors. Give it a try. See how it works for you. Talk to you guys next time.